From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. All right, here we are rocking it for the Automotive ADHD Show, heard around the world as a podcast and on the radio in Southern Colorado, 91.7 KLZR, voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. My name is Matt West, and I am here to talk about cars. Yes, you have tuned in to the correct automotive podcast and uh this is a really really fun show today uh gonna be talking a little bit about gas prices and (laughs) this is good uh how a gas station manager was fired for um uh let's say mischarging for gasoline this is pretty good also acura is uh making their debut at the pikes peak hill climb now of course i am at the base of pikes peak as i do this show i am prepping myself for the pikes peak hill climb fan fest which i'm going to be at next well this upcoming week the friday june 24th gonna be out there with a tent table car also hanging out with jimmy ford from jimmyfordracing.com he is uh, one of the competitors going up the hill climb in the number 17 car uh, and it's fantastic and He's going to be, uh, he was He was on last week's show, so if you didn't catch that, well, oh man, you, my friend, are missing out if you didn't catch that. That is, I. you know what, I, every time I do one of these cool guest interviews, whether it was uh, Alistair Moffitt, 13-time Guinness World Record holder for stunt driving, um, you know, Connor Hudson, the filmmaker, all of these people I've had on the show before, um, you know, and I, and I do a show afterward, I'm like, gosh, how on earth do I top that? I you just can't. You just can't. Not until we do the next big interview. It's going to be really fun, and uh, I am excited to have Jimmy join me on the show again as well. Uh, going to be uh, broadcasting live from the Pikes Peak Hill Climb Fan Fest. Uh, going to be recording this show there, and then also, hopefully, fingers crossed, if all goes well, live streaming some of the show as well. Regardless, if you catch it live or the uh, recorded portion after the fact, it's going to be really cool. You're going to be... Um, Seeing some stuff that I think no other automotive podcasts are doing. So that's cool. Uh, another fun thing I've got on the show today, I know it's it's always, always a packed show, is uh, we're going to talk about John DeLorean's long-lost son. Allegedly. Allegedly long-lost son. And um, how he's building knockoff DeLoreans and selling them to terrorists. <laughs> and this is so absurd. So bonkers. I can't wait to talk about this. This is... I, what are you supposed to do with that? I, I don't I don't know, but we're going to get into that. It's going to be a really fun show. Now, before we do that, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and uh, Pontiac Aztecs. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I cringed a little bit. I threw up a little throw up in my mouth there when I said that. But uh, anyway, let's talk about something really fantastic. And it doesn't have anything to do with racing itself. No, 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 no. It's... um. It does have something to do with Pikes Peak, uh, and, you know, as I was just saying, this show is your premier location for Pikes Peak Hill Climb coverage. Uh, No, but it does involve the mountain and not racing, and it doesn't even involve a car, and why am I going to talk about it here on the show? Purely because the headline is so absurd. Um, When I saw this headline, uh, and uh, hat tip to uh, KRDO uh, News Channel 13, right here out of uh, Colorado Springs for this one. But um, I'll I'll just read the headline to you, okay? Uh, Man will attempt to push Peanut 
up Pike's Peak using contraption taped to his nose. I saw that headline. I had to click on it. I mean, I had to. So a um, uh, <laughs> a man by the name of Bob Salem is going to be uh, trying to break a record. And, you know, as people... Uh, you know, as, as more and more people do world records, more and more people feel compelled to do something that no one has done. And this man is uh, planning to do that. His, again, name is Bob Salem, and this is in honor of Manitou Springs' 150th uh, year celebration. And uh, Manitou Springs is uh, just adjacent to Colorado Springs as you're heading up to uh, Pikes Peak, by the way. It's a little bit of a smaller town, kind of a quaint, weird little small town just kind of tucked right up against uh, Colorado Springs and Pikes Peak. But anyway, in honor of doing this, he is going to he's devised a contraption that is literally taped to his nose. And he's going to use this contraption and his nose to push a peanut, a single peanut. Up Pikes Peak, which let me remind you of the um, the elevation of uh, Pikes Peak, and that is uh, fourteen thousand feet. By the way, fourteen thousand. I know I have friends listening in uh, Europe, and uh, to uh, convert that into uh, meters here, here we'll do it live right now. That is uh, four thousand two hundred and sixty-seven meters. That's a it's a tall mountain, and so he's going to be crawling on all fours. With this thing taped like a stick, taped to his nose, inching this peanut all the way up the mountain. And this man is, I think, clinically insane, firstly. Uh, secondly, um, good for him, I suppose. I, I mean, <laughs> what, what have we come to that these are the world records we are trying to break using a stick taped to one's nose to push a peanut up a 14,000-foot-tall mountain uh, is... Odd, among other things. I mean, yes, we race cars up that mountain. When you think about it, kind of weird. Really tall mountain, really tough, really sketchy road. But no, 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 all these dedicated drivers, we do it. We race up there. I say we as if I'm racing up there. I'm not. I'm not that cool. I will be, hopefully, hopefully. But um, yeah, Peanut, I don't know. I don't know. This might become a traditional thing. Maybe maybe this will be the, uh, this will overshadow the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, the race. Maybe this will overshadow it. You know, in a hundred years' time, this will be the premier form of entertainment on Pikes Peak, using sticks taped to your nose to push peanuts up the mountain. Definitely beats race cars. Definitely beats racing up that mountain. I don't know. Okay, so uh, you know what I might just have to do? I don't care if this is not a non-car-related thing. I might just have to invite Mr. Bob Salem here onto the show to talk about this. I, I know you might forgive me for deviating from cars momentarily just because of the pure absurdity of this. Um, we'll see. I'll reach out to him. We'll see what happens. Uh, he's um, slated to uh, start on sa uh, Saturday, July 9th, and he believes it will take him the entire week that he'll be finishing Sunday, July 17th. So he's going to spend virtually... Uh, an entire week, yeah, July 9th to the, yep, 17th, just a, a, a whole entire week pushing that peanut up a mountain. What happens if a bird comes along and, like, eats the peanut halfway through? I, I want to know, does he have extra peanuts or does it have to be the same peanut? See, there you go. This is why we're, we're going to get him on the show. We're going to do it. We're going to break format. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll at least invite him. I can't promise that he'll be on the show. I'll at least uh, send him an email 
and see if we could get him on the show. So I don't know. I don't know. Now let's get back to cars. Let's talk about, you know, like I say, racing cars up the Pikes Peak Hill climb. Uh, and that tees off into a really good segue here about Acura. So Acura is making their debut at the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Now, Honda has raced and been around Pikes Peak before, but Acura specifically as a brand hasn't been to Pikes Peak yet. And uh, they want to get the uh, new Integra out there, promote that, do some more racing with it. So there's going to be a race prepped Acura Integra, which is just a fancy Civic. You know, if you've if you've listened through all of my shows, if you've been a longtime listener of the show, you kind of know my opinion on the Integra. I like it because it's a manual transmission sports sedan um, with a turbocharged engine, and those are, you know, th- those I don't want to say are a dying breed. They're not a dying breed if we can do anything about it, but less people are definitely buying them. And uh, so that's cool. Going to see that going up there. That'll be fun. That'll be really fun. They're also going to bring two TLX Type S race cars. And what I'm excited to see uh, is two NSX Type S race cars as well. The uh, NSX, for what it's worth, is not, you know, it's the new NSX, even though it's also now going out of production or past tense, gone out of production. They're not making them anymore. That's fine. They're they're actually really cool cars. You know, they didn't live up to the hype, I think, of the original NSX. And that's okay, because honestly, they're fantastic cars. Yeah, I'd like them with a manual transmission, but regardless, uh, for a supercar for that price point, for mid-engine, you know, turbocharged, fast, reliable, that's not something you can say about some supercars. I think that's cool. I'm happy to see those NSXs out there. That should be a lot of fun. And um, now back to that Integra. Obviously, these aren't going to be the stock production cars. No, no, no. Of of course not. But uh, they are going to include... You know, it's it's not going to be like a custom-built, you know, chassis, tube chassis with an Integra fiberglass body stuck to it, thankfully. It'll, it'll be, you know, actually very close to the production car. It's going to have uh, upgraded brakes, new suspension, uh, different differential, uh, wider and lighter tires, Acura says. Um, and uh, so and it's actually uh, on the setup on this car. You think Pike's Peak car's got to be super crazy. No, it's an 18-inch wheel they're running with a uh, 245 slick, which... Doesn't actually sound all that aggressive, but hey, it should be a lot of fun. And um, then the as far as the drivetrain goes, the uh, 1.5 liter turbocharged four-cylinder in the manual transmission, uh, that great six-speed manual, are uh, untouched. So it should be fun. It should be fun. You know what? It's basically a 200-horsepower sports sedan with slicks going up 14,000 feet. And you know what? I don't care. It'll be fun. Also, when you actually see the car and you see some of the press stuff from Acura and you see some of the photos I will be posting on the Facebook uh, page, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. I do have a media pass and I will be on the mountain taking some photos, doing some more interviews. You will notice the livery of this Acura is a um, homage to the uh, uh, 1987 and 1988 IMSA championship Integras that they ran. Uh, back then. So that's kind of cool. Interesting to see that. I cannot wait to get on the mountain and also talk about pushing peanuts up the mountain. (laughs) I got to get that guy on the show. I got to know what's going to happen. Now, hey, don't go anywhere. Got some more stuff to talk about, namely a man claiming to be John DeLorean's son and he's selling cars to the Taliban. This is weird. Really weird. We'll talk about it coming up. Every day, Thousands go without the ability 
to buy necessary and life-saving parts. Parts like turbos, coilovers, and wheels. I'm Steve Turbocharged BRZ. It doesn't run because I can play with my connecting rod through the hole in my block. Project cars sit unfinished, waiting for parts, collecting dust. My name is Todd, and I bought a rotary. It's okay, bro. We'll uh, swap it. But no more. You, yes you, can make a difference. For as little as $5 per month, you can put an end to Project Car's suffering and support your favorite podcast. Patreon.com slash Throttle Warrior. Donate now and receive special perks. Sponsored by Autoholics Anonymous and the Speed Council. I got it. All right, that is friend of the show, Colin Schrome, and uh, that is his, his Chevy S10 at what looks to be some sort of um, tug-of-war event. You know, you get two vehicles pulling against each other in the mud. At least that's what it looked like to me in the video. And uh, he said he placed second place in the competition, but grenaded his transmission. But he also won 100 bucks. So, yeah, take that take that how you will. That was the sound of him grenading his uh, transmission there. And uh, he managed to win second place, he said, even after getting the truck stuck in two-wheel drive instead of four-wheel drive. So good on you, Colin. Now, of course, though, I think what is in order is a, um, a moment of silence for your transmission, Colin. So let's all, let's all collectively just kind of bring in a moment of just quiet and, and respect for that transmission on its way out. Okay, there we go. That was ju- just a moment of silence. But anyway, <laughs> so is, isn't it amazing how long silence feels during a talk show? It can be like half a second, and it feels like a uh, feels like an eternity. But anyway, Colin, uh, you know what? I wish you all but luck putting your transmission back together, and I can't wait to uh, see you out there sending it again, having fun, break it, build it, repeat, have some fun with your car. That is uh, that's what it's all about. Now, by the way, um, if you would like to send your car sounds into the show or you've got a friend who needs their car sounds sent into the show well i can only i can only encourage you to do that facebook.com slash automotive adhd uh, or you can email me matt at throttlewarrior.com when you send those car sounds in you're entered for a chance to win a 25 dollars auto parts store gift card and the automotive adhd keychain very good stuff colin by the way was uh, last month's uh, winner, and uh, he has received his keychain and his uh, auto parts store gift card. So hopefully that twenty-five dollar gift card goes is a drop in the bucket in you rebuilding your trans, Colin. Again, I, uh, you know what, that looked like a lot of fun though. It looked like a whole lot of fun. Thank you for sending that in. Now I want to talk a little bit before we get into the topic of John Delorean's son and the Taliban and this craziness. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this segment, uh, fuel, and uh, there is a gas station that uh, that was in Northern California, and uh, as you may know, gas prices in California are pretty darn expensive right now. They they're absolutely getting up there, and uh, it's probably the most expensive place in the country for gasoline. Now I know our friends in Europe um, are experiencing even higher gas prices, which is mind blowing because this is, you know, the highest I've ever seen it in my lifetime and uh, perhaps the highest you've ever seen it in your lifetime. And that's just here stateside. Um, you know, it was 530 a gallon for um, premium 
uh, here the other week, and uh, I decided to say, no, 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 we're just going to do, we're doing E85 only now, because <laughs> the E85 is still like two ninety nine. But anyway, that said, California, average price of gas there is a little over $6 a gallon, about six fifty for um, regular gasoline, not even premium. We're not even talking premium. Premium, we're talking over $7 a gallon. But there was a manager of a little gas station in Northern California, and um, he uh, was, you know, doing his daily rounds, putting the gas prices into the computer that, you know, sends that information out to the pumps, sends that information out to the sign as well. And he was attempting to set the gas price to $6.99. Well, he missed the decimal point. Yeah, bumped it over to the uh, the left <laughs> one too far. So gas was effectively 69 cents. Nice. That's good stuff. And <laughs> so, 69 cents for for a gallon of gas, aside from, you know, internet memes and jokes there. Uh, that's not a bad price. And in fact, so many people, this went viral on social media within hours before they even noticed the mistake. So many people went to the gas station, filled up gas, and started filling up gas cans and just, just pillaging all the fuel from this gas station. And, uh... Which is, uh, I would say, probably not the necessarily the right response to that. I get everyone's hurting for gas. I absolutely, I absolutely understand that. I am, I'm in the same boat too. We're all of us who love cars are in the same boat, and everyone who just drives a car to, you know, go to work, same boat as well. But this gas station lost uh, somewhere in the ballpark of twelve thousand dollars because of this uh, little mistake. And, um, and, and I think, you know, the, the manager, by the way, is now a former manager. He was fired, which, okay, yeah, 12 grand. I know that's a, that's an expensive mistake to make. That sucks. But, um, this, uh, this isn't actually the first time this happened back in April, a uh, gas station in Chat, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee accidentally sold fuel at 45 cents a gallon, uh, which not as cool as 69 cents a gallon, even though it's a lower dollar amount. You know what I mean. But anyway, uh, that that said, you know, I think if this does happen, I don't think the right response is necessarily call all your friends, call everybody to fill up because it, clearly it's a mistake. It's not very morally sound to capitalize on a mistake like this. It's not because, you know, sure, the gas station might be a shell gas station. It might be a you know, BP gas station or, uh, you know, whatever brand you have, wherever you are. But a lot of times those are local franchises. They're owned by, they're effectively local businesses, but they pay a franchise fee to have the brand and have some of the support of the brand. But at the end of the day, they're owned by small business owners, locals in your town. So I don't know if it's necessarily right to capitalize on that. Well, I should say, I, I shouldn't say I don't know. I know it's not right to capitalize on that. Like if you went to the pump and we're filling up and you said, oh, wow, that's, 69 cents that can't be right well you already filled up okay fine you know what that's okay that's a that's a that's a mistake that happened and you know what you got lucky but then calling everybody you know posting it on social media having the entire town descend on this gas station to take all of the gas at 69 cents that's just in poor taste in my opinion and um i mean yeah you know what people are gonna do what people are gonna do that's definitely in poor taste should the manager have been fired then is the next question. And I don't know. I can't comment on that because I don't know how much of how he was as an employee before this. I would say if you were an otherwise good employee doing, you know, what you do, 
and you made a mistake even, yes, an expensive mistake, but you understand the mistake and understand how to avoid it next time. I don't know if that necessarily constitutes a firing. Um, fun fact, you know, and as some of my listeners know, I work in radio as my day job. I know, big surprise, right? Um, you know, and I just do the podcast here for fun, but I uh, was once uh, working at a station uh, as the uh, production director, which means I handle all of the commercial spots that go in and basically all the commercials you hear, I've either made them or put them into the computer system from a national source. And I royally screwed up one day, put the wrong number on all of the commercials that the computer sees. And um, I cost the station somewhere around uh, $3,000 in the span of six hours. Yeah, that wasn't good, but it was an honest mistake. I didn't get fired, not, at least not for that. I got fired later on. That different story, but not for that at least. And uh, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, 69 cents a gallon, uh, we could all use a little bit of that, a little bit of comic relief at some point with these gas prices getting as high as they are. Uh, now, I also want to transition into talking a little bit about fuel as well, because something else I saw that is fascinating, this is just this really cool, is uh, from uh, Jose Rodriguez from Jalopnik. Uh, and uh, what, what, what they found is there are some researchers um, that have discovered a type of bacteria that eats carbon and, more importantly, eats fuel. And this stuff is already, it's not like a secret thing in a lab. Nope. <laughs> nope. This stuff is already around. In fact, the researchers that, um, and the research, this is a microbiology research firm uh, based in uh, Spain. What they found is that this bacteria is already living under your gas cap. That's how they found it. They didn't like create this stuff in a lab or anything. No, they just started culturing the bottoms of gas caps, like, you know, swabbing it for bacteria, going into a lab and looking at the stuff, and then feeding this bacteria bits of, um, they started with diesel, and the stuff actually ate the diesel. So inside your fuel system could be bacteria that is eating all of your fuel. Uh, now, obviously not all of your fuel. I think that would be a that would be an overstatement, but they found this bacteria is both capable of consuming gasoline and diesel, both. Uh, and I guess the commonality here is it's able to consume or uh, degrade, as they say scientifically, um, carbon. And a lot of what's in our fuels are different types of carbons and uh, different formulations of that. And I'm not a I'm not a chemistry major. Don't 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 throw too much shade at me here. But I it's interesting that this can even exist and the cool thing that they found is with this fuel eating bacteria you know it can eat fuel in the same way uh friend of the show obd1 kenobi can eat taco bell <laughs> i hope he's listening but uh that said it, it can degrade it in the same way and uh, but what's cool that you can do with this fuel they said this has huge ramifications for oil spills especially oil spills in the ocean because how do you clean up all of the oil and the carbon and all of the stuff the, that is bad for the wildlife, the fish and things like that. Well, how do you clean that up? Well, you got to scoop it up and, you know, you got to separate it and do your best. And it's it's really tough. But what if you could just take some of this bacteria stuff, you know, and it's in a bag or something, dump it out into the sea. Doesn't hurt the wildlife or the sea life. It's benign to that. Uh, but it eats the, the oil. That's actually not a bad idea. 
not a bad idea at all, which is interesting. Uh, and it could be used for even smaller fuel cleanup stuff. If you have a, um, a tanker truck tip over and crash on the road and spill oil all over uh, the side of the road, you could use this stuff as well because that's really hard to clean up. Now, what I did think was um, really funny about this was uh, a discussion thread underneath this Jalopnik article. And uh, the, uh, the there was some one person who commented who said, okay, so you have to get rid of the bacteria. And then they go on to say, quote, to get rid of the bacteria after... Let me let me start that over there. So after you're done with the bacteria, they say, quote, to get rid of the bacteria, you need a fuel bacteria eating fish. But then you have a fish eating your fuel. So you need something to fix that, which is where the fuel shark comes in that eats the fuel eating fish that the fish eats the fuel eating bacteria. And just like that, you're saving fuel. There we go. I, is that convoluted enough for you? I didn't understand half of that. And I was saying it. So there you go. And um yeah, so in order to get rid of the bacteria, you need something that eats the bacteria. The bacteria eats the fuel. Well, now you need something to get rid of the thing that eats the bacteria that eats the fuel. And then the evolution of life and the cycle of life continues. And also, let's not have fuel sharks. We need all the fuel we can get right now. We need every single drop of it. So anyway, anyway, I digress. Interesting stuff there. Now, hey, before we finish the show up, we got a whole another segment of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about the Taliban and John DeLorean's alleged son. I've been hyping this story up for a little bit. It's weird. It is truly strange. And uh, you know what? Very fitting. If this guy actually is the son of John DeLorean, you know what? This makes sense. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. Did you know there's a rare but serious condition affecting one out of every million? Most are born with it, and despite decades of research, doctors struggle to find a cure. The truth is, thousands of people simply don't know what cars are. For those affected, things are grim, but recent developments show promising success. New clinical trials using breakthrough audio technology have shown a 69% improvement in patients with the most severe symptoms. Treatments vary, but one day we may see a cure. More information is available at ThrottleWarrior.com. Here we are, rocking it for the third segment of the Automotive ADHD Show. Matt West here, talking about cars. Those car sounds were sent in by Bailey. He sent in some car sounds last week, and then he sent more in this week. I, I love it, especially when you send in car sounds and then more and more. I, I can't get enough of this stuff. That is his 2017 Ford Focus ST. He said it's got uh, basic bolt-ons right now, but it's going to have a big turbo sooner than later. That's going to be so much fun. And Bailey, I also just want to give you a shout-out, too, for uh, uh, listening to the show. Uh, Bailey said uh, he wrote in when he uh, sent those car sounds that he is a FedEx driver and that he listens to the show every single day when he is doing his delivery runs and that he has binged through the entire, what are we at, 35, 36? I can't even keep count. He's binged through all the episodes of the show, so that is a lot of fun. And uh, he's put up with my voice longer than I usually put up with my voice, too. Hey, I, I get tired of it eventually as well, right? But no, I, that's awesome, Bailey. Thank you for doing that. Keep it, keep it rocking with uh, those great car sounds 
uh, as well. And uh, doing some fantastic work. Being a delivery driver, man, that is a tough job, and it is very much appreciated by many people, even if you don't get... Even if you don't get the thanks every day, I think the delivery drivers and people who, you know, actually, you know, when you order something on Amazon or you order something online and it just shows up at your door, you don't think about it. But those dudes working, uh, those men and women working as delivery drivers are really making the economy go around. So absolute thanks to you, Bailey, and everyone you work with. That is fantastic. So uh, also now I want to get into uh, talking a little bit about DeLorean. Okay, because DeLorean has such a fan. I was I was about to say fantastic, but I'm gonna fascinating. We'll switch that word out. We'll say fascinating history because the history of DeLorean has been fraught with fraud and you know drugs and criminal activity and really interesting cars and um and and I, we'll we'll talk about John DeLorean's alleged son here sooner than later. But I want to give you a little bit of background before we do. On the history of DeLorean, which uh, DeLorean is the name of the man, John DeLorean, obviously. It's uh, not just the name of the company, but it is his name. And John DeLorean was born back in 1925. He um, uh, got into the automotive business, and uh, in 1972, I'm just giving you kind of the the quick timeline here. Um, he uh, was named the uh, group executive at GM and, uh, and worked in all sorts of departments in General Motors. Uh, ultimately, he's somewhat credited as being the father of the modern muscle car because of his involvement with the Pontiac GTO project, which, again, you get into a little bit of debate of who did it first, but that is largely thought to be one of the first muscle cars. The idea of taking a smaller two-door coupe or you know a smaller sedan and putting a really big engine out of a pickup truck or something like that hopped up, you know, with a different cam intake carburetor, you know, a more powerful engine out of a bigger vehicle. Um, that whole idea was sort of spearheaded with that original Pontiac GTO. Now, John DeLorean, I won't say invented that idea is I would probably he was part of the management at General Motors and was largely credited for it. But I, I reckon it was probably more of the uh, actual engineers working on the on the ground level, someone there really kind of, I think, should be credited with that. But that said, you know, he continued his uh, time at General Motors. Um, he was there for decades until he was until 1972 when he was named the group executive. Then he leaves in 1973 to go and found his um, to to start his own motor company. He says, all right, I'm done working for General Motors. Let's you know, start a new company. He wants it to be his company. And so in 1975 now, he spent time collecting all of the different funds and things that he needed. 1975 rolls around. He creates the DeLorean Motor Company, DMC. So then they start working on building cars, building prototypes through the 70s, uh, working on factories, getting all of the, the back end, the supply chain, getting all of this stuff done. Because starting a car company from scratch takes a lot of time. And it's not even um, until the 1980s uh, when they start actually producing stuff and actually doing things uh, with the very first DeLorean and the first prototypes. Uh, it's it's five years, and that's honestly pretty quick. Look at how you know Elon Musk now as a modern contemporary, and I'm not equating Elon Musk to DeLorean necessarily, but both are 
fairly well-off gentleman at the, at least what they started their their car company. Um, Elon Musk is probably doing quite a bit better money-wise now, several you know a decade into Tesla than John DeLorean was doing. But I'm just saying, you know, starting a car company. It takes time. You know, the first Teslas and stuff, the early 2000s and, you know, that stuff happened then. And then you start going into the 2010s, the Tesla Model S. It takes time. Now they're a bigger company. Same thing happened with DeLorean. And by um, uh, 1981, some of the first production DeLoreans start rolling off of the assembly line. And uh, they start getting loaded up on ships to be sent to the USA and uh, getting all of the U.S. emissions testing, all that stuff done. And so, all right, they start selling the cars. They don't, they're, you know, they're, they have a wide amount of hype for them. John DeLorean was a massive salesman in many ways. He did, you know, presentations unveiling the DeLorean and talking about the future of the motor car and all these different things. A real, you know, he was really trying to impart his, impart his vision of, you know, a car company onto the public and get them to buy the cars. Um, ultimately, as and this isn't a big spoiler, but ultimately, uh, you know, as well as I know that the DeLorean Motor Company was not successful. And that partially is because of some issues with the cars. But that's not entirely the issue, because by 1983, the DeLorean factory is closed down. And um, and John DeLorean had uh, a bunch of issues with the law. It's uh, spe been speculated that he was set up, that he didn't actually do any of this stuff. But the general consensus is that he might have been borrowing some money from the wrong people. And I'm giving you, again, the cliff notes here. If you really want to get into the history of who did he borrow money from, how did he do this, what happened here, um, there are plenty of documentaries and historical things. That would be an entire show. I could do that. That would be an entire show, though. So, again, I'm giving you the cliff notes. There was a lot of legal trouble, a lot of accusations of, uh, you know, dirty money, drugs, prostitution, all of these different things that were going on surrounding John DeLorean. And um, it, it, it basically drove his company into the ground. Uh, whether or not he was actually guilty of these things is irrelevant because it had its effect on the company. That was what happened. OK, and uh, he was ultimately um, acquitted of several of the things that were several of the charges that happened. But the company was it was gone. It, it, there was no way to bring it back. No one wanted to loan John DeLorean any more money. No banks, no investors wanted to do anything with the DeLorean name. And there it lied. It rested. The company rested until uh, the mid-90s when an entirely different company purchases the rights and the different remaining uh, DeLorean parts, all this new old stock, stuff that had been produced but never assembled. Uh, and they start, you know, making, you know, prototypes of rebuilding the cars. Uh, John DeLorean ultimately dies in uh, 2005 and... Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a history of that. There's the comp the DeLorean company as it exists now is actually producing DeLoreans under, you know, there it, it has no connection with the old DeLorean company, no family connection or anything, but they bought the rights to all the DeLorean patents, all the DeLorean parts, all of the tooling, all the machining, and they're building cars slowly but surely and reselling parts as well to collectors who have existing DeLoreans, okay? So that's a little bit of a Cliff Notes version. Again, there's a lot I glossed over there. There's a whole lot. There's, I mean, there's 40 years of history to go over here. But why this is relevant, oh boy, here we go, here we go. The reason this is relevant is because a man has now come out claiming 
to be John DeLorean's long-lost son. He goes by the name Ty DeLorean, and he is he really DeLorean's son? I don't know. I don't have that answer. DeLorean allegedly had a lot of um, relationships with uh, uh, different women and prostitutes. It's entirely possible this guy's genetically related to John DeLorean. It's entirely possible, but there's no way to prove it. But he is manufacturing cars himself out of a shed, apparently. And um, they're these three-wheeled cars with gullwing doors. They have the DeLorean doors. They're very angular. They're silver. It looks like... It looks like a Reliant Robin. If you've ever seen a Reliant Robin, if, you, if you've watched old school Top Gear, um, you will be familiar with the Reliant Robin. It's a three-wheeled car, two wheels in the back, one wheel in the front. Um, weird, stubby little car. This looks exactly like a Reliant Robin, just silver and with gullwing doors. In fact, I'm suspicious of if this actually is a Reliant Robin that he's just put the badge DMC on and put gullwing doors on it. I don't know, but the story gets crazier. Okay, John DeLorean, you know, the original DeLorean himself, um, had a crazy lifestyle. You know, he had, whether or not he was guilty of the crimes that he was accused of, he, he lived that rock and roll lifestyle. He lived the craziness. So everything around him was very weird. Well, this guy definitely is following in those footsteps because his car is um, interesting. There's a picture of him sitting in it in a golden, glossy golden jacket with a cane with a gold knob on it, sitting in this Reliant Robin-looking thing. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. But regardless, um, it's it's very strange. And he... Okay, this is where it gets weirder, though, because he now says that his car is so successful that it has attracted attention around the world in terms of becoming a car for the people. Specifically, the attention of the Taliban. Is that really the attention you want? You Okay, yeah, attracting it. Is that a good thing when you say, yes, it's garnered, you know, world-renowned attention from the Taliban? And he says, quote, they emailed me, and they, they being the Taliban, he says, quote, they emailed me saying they want to invest in mass, uh, in mass and produce my cars. He goes on to say, quote, they want to use them for government officials, and they say the head of the Taliban uh, signed off on it, and I'm now dealing with his deputy and transport minister. So can you picture this? I don't know if any of this is true. No one's validated his claims, but likewise, no one has disproved his claims either. Um, so can you imagine the Taliban driving around and what looks like a Reliant Robin with gullwing doors. Well, we know how the Reliant Robin ended as a car. Because having one wheel in the front and two in the back does not necessarily make for a very stable vehicle. Um, uh, while the preconceptions, preconceived notions, rather, that the Reliant Robins flip over a lot was definitely... Because of old Top Gear where they rigged the cars to flip over for, you know, it's, it's a gag during the show. They're driving around and the car flips over. While Reliant Robins may not actually be that terrible, I don't think the Taliban will necessarily be as much of a military force we have to worry about if they start driving these things around. In fact, you know what? <laughs> Let's sell more of these stupid things to the Taliban. That's what we'll do. We will sell these weird... DeLorean three-wheeled gullwing door things to the Taliban and they'll all crash and they'll all roll over and we won't have any military threat from the Taliban.
That's uh, maybe a fair a fair thing there. Now, Ty DeLorean goes on to say that he hopes that um that 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 he hopes his cars will bring peace to the world by selling them to the Taliban. I'm still I'm confused by this. This man is very eccentric, much like his alleged father. Okay, that's where I do see the connection there. Um, and uh, he he says that, uh, you know, he says, quote, in my ambition, which is sometimes bigger than reality, I'd like to see the vehicles as a peace symbol. Uh, then he goes on to say that uh, it could be used to negotiate with the Taliban and help get them to start dropping off some of their hardline stances and if they were able to do that, maybe I could, end quote. I don't understand what he's necessarily saying there. Um, it's, it's a little odd, but you know what? This could all be for publicity. Uh, also, allegedly, the current management and owners of the DeLorean Motor Company name and brand uh, maybe suing this guy now as well because he's using DMC and DeLorean Motor Company on really questionable-looking little cars and then selling them, maybe selling them to the Taliban. We don't know if that's true. Um, yeah, if you're a company, if you're the DeLorean Motor Company now selling essentially modern reproductions of those cars, you might not like that for your brand image. You really might not like that. So um, anyway, very, very strange stuff. This vehicle does not seem at all suited to uh, the terrain in the you know geographic area in which the Taliban reside. Uh, this uh, a three-wheeled little vehicle does not, that, that really doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for an arid desert or anything. But like I said, you know, this could be a benefit. This could neutralize the military threat to the rest of the world from the Taliban by giving them these crap little cars that they'll just crash and it won't, it won't work very well for them. And uh, yeah, so you know what? This could be a good thing. So there you go. If you do want to see pictures of this, I'll link it up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Now, anyway, I do want to thank you for joining me on this fantastic edition of the Automotive ADHD show. Of course, you have to check out last week's show. If you haven't, I had my interview with Pikes Peak Hill Climb driver Jimmy Ford from JimmyFordRacing.com. He's going up the mountain here in just uh, less than a week, really, and uh, it's going to be very exciting to see him competing. And if you are seeing any of the uh, coverage of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, be sure to look out for his number 17 car. It is a Ford Bronco, and uh, look at the back window. It's got this very show's logo right there on the back window. Jimmy was very kind to uh, do that after uh, being on the show, and uh, I, I'm just very excited for that. I'm excited for FanFest coming up next week. If you are in the Colorado area, you absolutely have to check out FanFest. Come by the tent, say hi, uh, maybe score yourself an automotive ADHD keychain. I, I got more of them. I got more of them. And uh, also, you want to go say hi to Jimmy Ford, let him know that you listened to him on the show. He would be very happy to hear that. So anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this podcast, by the way, it can be found wherever fine podcasts, you know, and this one are downloaded. It's also on the radio, 91.7 KLZR, Southern Colorado, Saturday mornings. You got to check that out as well. Lots of fun. And I will see you uh, same time, same place next week from... The Pikes Peak Hill Climb. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you then.